0: Hello and welcome to Sexpertise, a sex-positive and educational podcast. I'm your host and local sexpert, Erica Rivera. If you heard episode one, two weeks ago, then you know what to expect on this podcast. This podcast is everything sex health. In episode one, you came to know how I became a sexual health educator from starting off as a peer romance consultant and later really exploring a career as as an educator and a sex coach. You also got to know how our thoughts and our opinions on sex health are greatly influenced culturally and by our upbringing and you also found out that I'm not a big fan of the fact that our schools don't have a comprehensive sex ed program so I did talk a lot about you know just advocacy in general how you are your own advocate especially when you go to the doctor because a lot of times medical professionals are not going to ask about your sex life And I talked about what it meant to be sexually healthy. So, that being said, I'm going to jump into advocacy, schools, censorship. Obviously, this podcast does not have any kind of censorship. I don't plan to tiptoe around any subjects originally i wanted to talk about grief and your libido after a breakup how it can be affected either after the loss of a relationship or even the loss of a loved one you know just grieving in general and how that affects our sex life and we may have time to get to that a little bit later but right now I feel like there's more of a pressing issue that i want to touch base on and that's this whole like fiasco on um, a book called all boys aren't blue i contemplated whether or not to talk about this but i figured why not you know sex health is inclusive to lgbt the LGBT community, our LGBT youth, you know, they deserve comprehensive sex health education as well. And this book is really, you know, I haven't read it, so I can't, I cannot speak on the content of the book other than some of the excerpts that I've seen. But what I do know is that All Boys Aren't Blue, which is a memoir by George M. Johnson is is named Best Book of the Year by Amazon, and that was for 2020. And it was also named Best Book of the Year in 2020 by New York and Chicago Public Libraries. It was called the Best Book of the Summer by People Magazine, and it was a Kids Book Choice Award finalist. It's been recognized as a valuable resource for teaching about cultural representation in literature. So that's that's what I do know, and that's without reading it. Like I said, I've read a few, just a few snippets um, that that were kind of circling around um, the internet. A few snippets of the book, basically by people wanting to ban the book. Those are the snippets that I saw. So the the more negative light that was put upon the book, that's what I've read. And honestly, I'm not not turned off by it. Some of the excerpts or the snippets that I have read have sexual content in them, but I don't see an issue with it. Perhaps that's in an an unpopular opinion but that's just how i feel i think that you know i'm i'm thinking back to you know judy bloom i don't know if anyone has read any of her books but she had a book called forever that came out in like April of 1970 something I don't know might have been 1975 or 1979 but that book has been on school library shelves for as long as I can remember and I remember reading that book when I was like 13 or 14 um you know as she's considered a children's writer. And Forever is considered a book that is appropriate for ages 14 and up, I think. You know, um, grades 9 to 12. So basically, high school. And it's about, if you haven't read it, it's about these two teenagers who embark on this journey, like in their relationship. And You know, the the female character um, in this couple, she ends up losing her virginity to her boyfriend. And the book is pretty uh, explicit when it comes to opening up about how their passion and their sexuality is blooming. You know, and they, you know, basically the book just talks about their senior year of high school and decisions that are, you know, now very important to them um as far as their future is concerned you know things like that but that book was really like one of my first experiences uh basically reading like a soft erotica it it was uh from what i can remember because like i haven't read it in a long time but from what I can remember, you know, I read that book more than once and I was still a virgin when I read it. And I, you know, it, it was just that that was a learning experience for, for me, reading that book. And it makes me question, like, is this about the explicit content in All Boys Aren't Blue? Or is it an LGBT thing? Or is it a black thing? A race thing? And, um, you know, I, I hate to, you know, I'm not on here um, saying that I'm insinuating that. I'm asking because LGBT youth students, This is a really sensitive time in their life, you know, middle school and high school. And when it comes to wanting to read about or explore relatable experiences, it's kind of hard to find that. And this book provides that. You know, the book Forever by Judy Blume just happened to be a heterosexual experience for this teenage couple. And like I said that book's been out since the 70s and no one batted an eye. But now all of a sudden we have these school systems wanting to ban this book and take a, take it off the shelves at school libraries. I do, I don't understand that, you know, and the argument is the fact that the book is sexually explicit. And you know what? A lot, most books at the library at least again from what I can remember in high school middle school most books have an age range on them and I think too you know these usually the librarians are the ones that pick out um, or at least have some say as to what books are on the shelves and in my opinion you know if you're a parent who doesn't want your children reading these types of books? then that's something that you need to address with them the school can't possibly police every you know every book I mean there are some parents out there who may be okay with this type of material you know everything stems from from the home or at least again that's my opinion like I spoke about in episode one, you know, culturally and, you know, how we're raised, that is how we view sex health. That is what influences us. So if you were raised in a religious household, you know, you may be too scared to pick up a a book like that. You know, if you were raised in a really open um, household where, you know, sex is talked about regularly, then you might pick up a book like that so it's you know or in my case even though i grew up in a very religious household and sex was never spoken about that kind of made me want to pick up the book even more because i knew so little about sex and i was navigating you know high school crushes and relationships and why do i feel you know like hormones are raging and You know, you don't understand what your body is going through when no one has educated you on it. So books like this, this was all I had. And I feel like maybe for some of the LGBT youth today, books like this is all they have. You know, to find some kind of relatable experience. Now, I did read somewhere that um, there might be sexual assault in this book. And... Apparently that's another taboo subject. But being a an advocate, a sexual assault victims advocate again. Subjects like this they're they're real. They these are real things that people go through. Why I don't understand what is this why are we shielding this from our youth? This could very well, I mean obviously Like I said in episode one, God forbid, anything like that happened to any of, you know, any of our youth. But to read about it is education. It, it's, it's, it just shows that this is real life, that this could happen. This could happen to anyone. You know, we can't keep kids in a, in a little glass box or a little bubble like you know they're going to hear about these types of experiences if not through a book but through other people you know or even worse if it did happen to them and I'm not trying to get super dark I'm just trying to be realistic you know I went through two traumas one as a kid one as a teen and you know it I found it comforting to know that I wasn't alone, you know, once I got older and I realized, wow, I'm not the only one who has gone through this, it made me feel a sense of, I guess, community, like like I I was able to be connected to another person or another group of people that may have been through the same thing, you know, and therefore... I could help them, they could help me. I mean, that's why I facilitate a support group for sexual assault survivors, because of that sense of community and how healthy that is when it comes to healing. Reading a book like this could be a healing experience. And like I said, if not, if it's not relatable, if anything, it's just a good book to learn about someone else's experience. I, I think that's all I'm gonna say about that. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are very upset with me, but you know, that's the beautiful thing about an opinion. We all have an opinion and we can't have discussions, open-ended discussions without differences you know it's let's learn from each other let's learn from each other's views you know I I welcome that but you know this is just this is just my opinion um long story short you know I like I said I read online about people wanting to ban this book and I mean even someone here in Florida decided to basically um go the criminal like like (laughs) i'm sorry i'm just i'm still kind of at a it's just weird like i'm still at a loss for words that someone would file a criminal complaint against the book like it's one thing to not want it on the shelves and another to file a criminal complaint against a book. Why? This is I mean it's just it just it's just crazy to me. I I don't agree, but it is what it is. You know, it's happening the sheriff's office is probably going to investigate this book as a crime to be in the libraries. You know, I feel I feel bad that the author has to go through this, but it seems like he is handling it really well um, and fighting. He said he refused to be erased, and he refused to let anyone tell him the truth, you know, that the truth of his childhood experience is too much for another child to read. I just, I, you know, I agree with him. I, I stand with him, and I think that he should definitely fight this censorship because his story could potentially help another another youth, another child, another person just like like I said is this an LGBT issue? Is this a race issue? Because there are I'm sure there are many books out there with the same type of content and anyone has yet to bat an eye, and Judy Bloom was just one example that I came up with. Now, <laughs> where do we go from here? <laughs> I just—I'm sorry, guys. I had that on my mind, and I felt passionate about it. I had to talk about it. I just had to, you know. I would love to hear your opinion on it if you are listening on Anchor. I think there is a way for you to message me. If you're listening on Spotify, there's going to be a question attached that you can answer as well. I would love to hear what you all have to say. It it would interest me greatly. Also, we kind of did run out of time to talk about libido after breakup that was my original topic i'm like you know what this is this is so great like a lot of people don't understand why your libido can can either speed up or slow down after a breakup or why grief can affect it you know people wonder like where does the libido go after you know a breakup or after the loss of a loved one i i can't get into too much detail about it right now so i am going to leave it for episode three. So episode three, we will talk about libido, and I welcome your questions when it comes to that topic, and hopefully I can answer it on that episode. Don't forget that I am on Patreon, and if you become a patron, you get voting power on future episodes. Lowest tier is $3 a month, and it supports this podcast. I appreciate you greatly once I reach a certain financial goal, when it, when it comes to Patreon, I will start um, investing in the tech that I need to put these episodes on YouTube. I would love to make these YouTube accessible. So, uh, yeah, I guess I will leave you with that. This episode ended up being about 20 minutes long, but it's fine. I, I don't want to just fill up 10 minutes with random chatter. You know, I like to, you know, stay on, on tasks. So all boys aren't blue. Have a great night.